Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome to hour number two of the expanded Inside Sources. Great to be with you. And every weekday here on KSL News Radio from 1 to 3 p.m., I am Boyd Matheson. And as we begin every hour, uh, it's time for us to dig a little deeper, think a little bigger, challenge our assumptions a little stronger, and of course, when necessary, disagree just a little better. So let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. So this is the period of the program where we try to do what Einstein said. It's not about being smarter. It's about being willing to stay with the questions just a little longer. And uh, thrilled to have in studio with us today, Tim Shriver. Uh, Tim, of course, leads the uh, International Board of Directors for the Special Olympics. Uh, He's the author and uh, compiler of a great new book called The Call to Unite. Uh, and is here in Utah uh, working on a number of issues with uh, the First Lady of the State of Utah, Abby Cox, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. Uh, but, Tim, first, thanks for thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yes. I, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to reason. <laughs> <laughs> so so we, we just got through a segment of, uh, you know, common common ground starts with common sense, and uh, that's where we want to start. And, and I want to start with uh, this book because even just the title is something we all should think again about. We think we know some things or the news of the day. Uh, the book is called The Call to Unite, Voices of Hope and Awakening. Uh, give us just the backstory on that, Tim. Well, here, you know, uh, we have a small group uh, that came together starting about 18 months ago, and we were trying to figure out why is there so much outrage and contempt and hatred in our culture? It can't just be one person or another. And we were thinking, well, there's got to be a way to heal, to bring people together, to unite. And then COVID hit. And when COVID hit, one of my colleagues, Misha Robinson, who's a Two-time Peace Corps volunteer. I like to I like to remind people twice did <laughs> That's she awesome. serve her country. <laughs> yeah, in the cause of peace. Said, you know, Tim, we ought to have uh, uh, we ought to invite everybody to come together and just talk about how together we can beat this thing. Mm. So that led to the call to unite, and we thought at first, well, let's call our friends and we'll do a streamcast and put it on YouTube, and then all of a sudden, Oprah said yes, and and then Presidents Clinton and Bush said yes, and then. You know, Jewel said yes, and Amy Grant said yes. And before you know it, we had 25 hours of all kinds of Americans and people from around the world, religious leaders, uh, ex-cons, as I say, ex-presidents, homeless women and people living in mansions, obviously Republicans and Democrats, black, white, sacred, secular. And the the surprising thing um, is just that how many people wanted to share that they want us to be more united. They don't necessarily. We don't necessarily agree on everything, right? But there was this hunger that we didn't. I, I guess we underestimated for people who wanted to give their voice in service to the cause of bringing down contempt and hatred and elevating 
unity and hope. Yeah, that, and that uh, getting rid of that contempt is is such a big part of it. Uh, we were talking earlier with Representative Chris Stewart, and uh, there was a, a piece by Yuval Levin uh, from American Enterprise Institute. Uh, Yuval's a good friend, and, and he talked about something interesting that I think you've tapped into with this book, uh, and that is that uh, we can do communication all day long, but it's this communion thing. It's this community connection uh, especially during the pandemic that we have missed. And one of the things I love about this book is that you do bring people from all across the spectrum that shows we aren't that divided. And it's that longing that will never show up in a Pew Research poll, right. <laughs> exactly. but that longing to connect with each other. Yuval Levin is terrific on this. He talks, writes a lot about institutions, and he coached us quite a lot at the beginnings of our work and still mm. does. It, you know, he, he's right. We communicate, but do we connect? We yeah. We talk but do we build relationships? Um, it's, it's a different art form, right? Yeah. So when, when in this book, when you have uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes talk about pain, yeah. he, he says, you know, pain uh, uh, always leaves a gift. And I struggle with that. I, I read this over and over again in the book. Like, I know so many people in so much pain. I know we all do. Yeah. We're living a, Pastor Rick Warren calls it a tsunami of grief. Uh, but in the pain, in the, when we communicate more deeply, when we connect more deeply, we begin the process of being able to heal one another. It, mm. It's not easy, yeah. but it's not the same as sending a tweet. It's not yeah. the same as replying to somebody else's tweet. It's not the same as counting your friends or your likes or your it's, – it's, it's about you know, the depth part of you reaching out and hearing the depth part of someone else. Uh, yeah. I think the book is – you know, what I found with people is they say, you know, I didn't know how to talk about coming right. together. I yeah. didn't really understand how to say it. But in the book, I learned. I saw that other people were talking about how to communicate, how to listen, how to understand, how to pray, how mm. to wonder, how to, how to find common ground. And as people have read the book, they found, wow, I never thought I'd have this in common with that person. Right. You know, I, I love that. So it's quite beautiful. <laughs> uh, and so, so powerful. You've, you've been part of something that I think is, is one of the ways to bring people together, and that is uh, just around extraordinary ideas and extraordinary people. You've been involved with Special Olympics uh, for a long time now, uh, and I, I, mean, I love the Olympics and I really love the Special Olympics yeah. uh, coming together around our fellow travelers. Uh, you know what that does to to actually unite yeah. people. Yeah, it's, and I'm glad you bring it up in part because when people say, "Well, that's good talk," but does it work? I just say, if you want to know if it works, uh, go down to the track on a Saturday morning and watch a Special Olympics practice. Yeah. And you'll see people there. You might not recognize the fact that for a hundred years those people were. Uh, institutionalized. Yeah. You might not remember that medicine treated them as animals. You might not mm. remember how many mothers were told their children were worthless, hopeless. Mm. Uh, you might not remember that we were divided yeah. deeply from one another by fear, mm. by devaluing, by demonizing. These are the same ingredients. But you might notice on that track that people can bridge the gap and come together in a spirit of ability, in a spirit of understanding, in a spirit of joy, in a spirit of celebration. Now, uh, if that's not healing divides, uh, uh, I don't know what is. Uh, it's, it happens in every community in this country. There are Republicans and Democrats volunteering. There are sponsors coming from all types and backgrounds and geographies and histories and ethnicities and religions. 
Um, what we find on those playing fields, and Loretta Claiborne, who's a Special Olympics athlete, is in the book writing about how she learned how to give of herself. You know, this is a person with an intellectual disability who had nothing in life, mm-hmm. but who has overcome it all with gratitude. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we can do this. This is not impossible. If we, if we stay glued yeah. to cable news, I'm sorry to say, it's going to be harder. <laughs> Much harder. <laughs> Much <Yeah>. harder. <laughs> But if we stay a little bit more focused on one another, I think we can do this. Yeah, absolutely. And and really getting to that idea that we don't we don't treat those fellow travelers in Special Olympics as liabilities to be managed. They are human beings with infinite worth and immense potential uh, that often gives more back to us than we could ever possibly give to them. We're going to step aside for just a quick commercial break. Uh, We're going to stay with the questions here just a little longer today, as we always try to do. Tim Shriver is going to stay with us. We're going to talk about some of the work he's doing with First Lady Abby Cox and also an important speech he's going to give down at UVU uh, with former Governor Herbert. Coming up next. Stay with us. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.